welcome into another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. And the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever, game days, remote work getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. It is definitely RV season, as you should. Check, take a check. Take a look at their inventory. <laughs> check it out. Whatever it is you want to do. Uh, but it is. It's a, it's a little bit of a slower buying process, though, than buying a car. So if you do think that you're going to go check out Mid-America RV and then walk away that day with an RV... It's not that simple. So go check them out. Look at their inventory online. They do really have some cool RVs out there. Um, they are a sponsor of us, so I know that it sometimes it's sometimes maybe hard to believe how great their inventory is, but I'm not lying to you. You will be impressed. You will be amazed. I have walked into some of those and literally thought, I could live here. Like, not stay here, not camp here. I could live in this RV. That's how nice they are. Oh, I got close that last summer. Uh, I think we did a, a radio show from one of them, and it was uh, very close of me going, yes, I'm going to get out of the lease of my apartment, find a place to park this thing, and live in it. I have a buddy who currently has to travel for uh, his construction job, and he's currently in an RV at the moment. And he's like, dude, it's actually pretty nice. Like, everything's right here. He's like, it's a nice bathroom, shower. I got a king-size bed back here, I, you know, recliner, kitchen area, TV right in front of me. It's all furnished, ready to go. Just need a truck to pull it. I think I have a buddy who has a truck that might be able to help me move it from time to time. Or go to Roper Kia. (laughs) Look at that. Check out their inventory. They do have trucks there. And if you mention the amount of money that I'm saving on rent, I would be my new truck payment. Mention us here at Mike Top. They'll give you $1,000 off that nicer, newer truck. (laughs) I walk in there. Hey, uh, I heard if I mention Mike Top, I get $1,000 off. (laughs) Need something to protect you on your travels? We've got you covered with Gunspot there, too. How about like an NIL type of deal? I'll just take it for free. Right? Uh, A lot of great sponsors that we do thank and appreciate on this show. We've got some NFL stuff, uh, some baseball, and a a lot of Tell the Truth Tuesdays. If you're in the chat with us, you see there are a lot of Tell the Truth Tuesdays. I will say, sometimes I feel like I need to forewarn some of our listeners. One of them is definitely rated R. One of them is drug use, so two of them are rated R. And the third one's just funny for me. And these are your tell the truth? Yeah. Yeah, mine are G rated, man. Mine are. <laughs> One hell Look at me of being the weekend. good boy today. <laughs> uh, but we are going to get into some of this NFL talk. Uh, there were reports this morning um, from Diana Rossini that the Chiefs are interested in trading for a receiver. I try to not to go too Chief centric here, uh, but I do think that is big news. And we've all wondered what they're going to do with those two, two first round picks. Um, I've speculated that I thought they would move up in the draft. Now it sounds like they might be targeting some some already proven players a la the los angeles rams copycat league see a lot of teams doing this 
And I know you put out your fucking dream list of every good Boy, receiver I, that's out I there. I almost got kind of roasted for it. <laughs> but it's just like they're first-round pick-worthy players. Yeah, top-level receivers. That's who the list is going to be. I'm not going to put out this list and be like, oh, I want fucking blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, you from saw top receiver sh- and literally went to the top. <laughs> from teams in the NFC, absolutely. Because I don't think any team in the AFC is going to be like, yeah, let's help out our freaking Kansas City Chiefs here and who's competing for the number one spot three straight AFC championship games. That's why when everyone was like, oh, A.J. Brown, I don't think there's any way the Titans would be willing to do that. No. So no chance. I, I went to the NFC, and then I started thinking. I was like, well, Brett Veach, you know, has shown that he'll trade first-rounders in the past for proven players. You know, he did it with Frank Clark from Seattle on, like, a sign-and-trade deal on the franchise tag. He did it there with Orlando Brown Jr. with the Ravens last year. So he's very willing to do that, and he's done it before. Now it's just like for who? And one of the names I threw on, and I just want to go ahead and apologize live for it, is putting on DJ Moore because I did not realize he was signed this offseason. For some reason, in my mind, I thought that was like last year. That's how crazy this entire offseason has been. But I also had names on there like Terry McLaurin, which I think is a real possibility. Some people came out and it was like they just traded for Carson Wentz. They're not going to give his best target away. Hey, you have Carson Wentz as your quarterback. You're probably not going to be very good this year anyways. If anyone knows that and can accept it, it's probably going to be me. And then it was Michael Thomas from New Orleans. They would love to get a new receiver in there. You get cheaper as well. And Michael Thomas clearly isn't playing for you the last two years, whether it is the ankle injury or he's just not wanting to be there. Yeah, I think with McLaurin, they're going to keep him. You gave up two third-rounders to get in a veteran quarterback. So they think they're competing. I'm with you. They're not. They're not going to be good. But in their mind, they are. That's like the Atlanta Falcons last year. They should have went after a quarterback, but in their mind, they still thought they were good. That's where I think the commanders are. And Terry McLaurin is their their guy. He's a proven top receiver, so I don't think they would get rid of him. Michael Thomas is an interesting one. Um, It's really just a matter of, uh, does he want to play in New Orleans? Is he bought in there? Like, who knows? Um, And I also worry about him coming off that injury for uh, for the Chiefs fans, uh, because I just don't know if he's going to be good i don't know if he's gonna yeah. be i mean he could just be average i mean he could be just done in the nfl too which is crazy it feels like everyone's just kind of moved on from him yep and i i do think that a real top receiver option that a lot of people are talking about is dk metcalf i, I wonder what's going on with his situation in seattle he is he's a contract guy so it's it's kind of weird with the chiefs it's like why would you let tyreek walk well i guess you didn't really let him walk and you were, you were going to pay him. So I, I've talked myself out of that. I was going to say, why would you <laughs> let Tyreek leave when you're just going to go pay another receiver? But the Chiefs wanted to pay Tyreek. Yeah. He just wanted out. So I think DK Metcalf is a realistic option. Uh, I've seen a lot of Packers fans tweeting about wanting DK. I've seen a lot of Chiefs fans. I, I think they're going to start it. That is one that I do believe the hype in. Over guys like Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, like, I think they're staying where they are. But DK, I think the, the Seattle Seahawks could look at it and say, hey, we do need kind of a, a reset. We're not going to pay this receiver top dollar. Maybe somebody else will, and maybe that someone is the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, if you offer Tyreek 28, I think you could offer DK 28. And he fits that mold of like where, we, where we've speculated. They want the tall, fast guy. So maybe that one is. I, I'm usually the pessimist. But I do think DK is in play for the Chiefs. I'm a pessimist on this one because I, I just I need someone to talk me into it because in my mind I still view DK as just a straight line runner who's going to catch the deep mm-hmm. ball that's perfectly thrown from Russell Wilson. 
I love Patrick Mahomes. He's not throwing those type of deep balls. He doesn't throw that type of ball. And his is kind of more of like a broken play thing. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, play broke down, receiver's kind of running and doing his own thing. Now I'm going to find him. But I, I think with DK, when he's, what is he, 6'2", 6'3"? Yeah. I mean, that's a much bigger target. I think it could work. I don't think it's as ideal of a fit as Tyreek Hill was in that offense, but it still might be a really good fit. And he is younger. Yeah. And bigger. And he is fast. He's super strong. We know that. I mean, I guess, again, like, <laughs> with that, it's – I almost don't want to get myself excited for it. Like, I am a Chiefs fan. Everyone knows that, of course. You, no way. You're yeah. just taking it slow. I'm trying to, yeah, because right. I want to get myself super excited about it and exactly. then it not happen. And it's like, oh, I'm hurt again. You know, mm-hmm. never want And then to go you put that. that information out there and all your friends are like, oh, I know he's really into DK. He wants DK. And then it doesn't happen. And then you have to explain why it fell apart. So just take it slow. Is that not the right move? Don't take it slow? I say jump in. Get excited about it. Tell everybody. And if it doesn't happen, who cares? You're still in the same spot today that you were yesterday. That's a solid point. Football analogies are great. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty fucking good, though. Goddamn. But see, here's the thing, though. I'm going to be sitting here thinking it's DK, and all I get is Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Hey, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it is Tyler Lockett, who signed his deal last year, I'd be about it. Like other top receivers, real receivers, I don't know who else it would be. It's just it's tough when you put out. Oh, is we're DeAndre, going after a top I, receiver? I did put DeAndre Hopkins on that list as well. Is that a possibility? I know he's I, he's I know he's too, a lot of money and he's older and a little yeah. banked up, but I mean, shit. At the same I wouldn't time. think so. I mean, I think it could happen, but I don't know that the Cardinals are ready to give up on him just yet. And I I think asking price might even be a little bit high for him, so I don't think that is a move. That would happen. I saw somebody else tweeting. Maybe it was in your replies. Was um, shit the receiver for the Bengals? Not Jamar Chase. Not T. Higgins. Say it again. I'm sorry. Third receiver. Jamar Chase. T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd. Yes, Tyler Boyd. I think maybe that's a realistic option. But I think the Bengals maybe like that trio together. <laughs> oh, I think that's a great trio. They'd be stupid to let him go. Yeah, I and mean, I, I don't think you're giving up a first round pick for Tyler Boyd. But who knows? <laughs> now I have people like Adam Thielen was just restructured and given a new contract. Vikings are never trading a homeborn kid in hero. Now I kind of hope they trade Adam Thielen. So I can just be like, mm. <laughs> I also need to be better about like reading some of these comments and not like thinking these people are just out to get me because then I have our guy Brooks and another chat going like, oh, BC forgot Justin Jefferson. Yeah, why don't you just go all the way to the- Yeah, let me just go. <laughs> Sorry, I, I see top-tier receiver and didn't go fucking <laughs> second level. I replied to your tweet and said, I think they're going after Jerry Rice. <laughs> I, that started my morning with a laugh, and I was like, oh, this guy. That, now I have everyone else because of you going in there roasting me for it. <laughs> yeah, top receiver, who knows who they're going after. If this is like a freaking Robbie Anderson type of player, I am going to be annoyed, though. It was That's like, it's like, and, damn it, Diana, why did you tell me top-level receiver right, exactly. Robbie Anderson? That's where I am kind of still the pessimist. I do think DK is in play, but I, I do wonder if it is like their quote-unquote top receiver is just going to be like end up being a number two receiver behind Juju. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, a lot of trade options, like I said, Packers fans are definitely very in on receivers too. They are directly competing with the Kansas City Chiefs now for receivers in the draft. Those are two teams right there picking close to each other. And our guy, Jim Nagy, sitting there being like, ooh, they need a 
big receiver to take the top off the defense. Mm-hmm. Throws a picture of Christian Watson. Yep. I just wanted to send him a message like, hey, shut up. Uh, every time I tweet something about Christian Watson or the Chiefs needing a receiver, I've got Packers fans in my mention saying like they're going to the Packers. I got them in my DMs on Instagram. <laughs> it's just like, bro, give me a like. I got a post-it note still right here on my desk. Swear yeah. to God, Christian yeah. Watson, no matter what. <laughs> Maybe I don't. He might not be there. I've had that there since February. Yeah. When everyone's like, oh, there's a second round. There's no way. You you talked about people giving you shit in your DMs and stuff like that too. I love I tweeted, it though. I'm not sitting here complaining about it. I tweeted yesterday that there's a lot of buzz around Kyle Hamilton falling yes. in the draft, and I even put on there for what it's worth. I love Kyle Hamilton. I think he's a great player. I love safeties. People giving me shit about that, like <laughs> saying I'm wrong. Like, how can I be wrong already? Like, <laughs> or how can I be wrong about somebody else's opinion when I'm just tweeting it out? It's like, bro, chill. Like, see, I stopped trying to kill the messenger, man. I'm just telling you, there are some teams out there that think Kyle Hamilton's going to fall. And I've been telling people that for a long time. NFL hates safeties. And even when he ran like a 4-6 at the Combine, I thought that was bad. Now there are reports out there that he ran like a 4-7. That's, that's bad. Yeah, it's, not, it's not good. And I want to Even if it's a 4-7-1, that's not good. Is he so? You're saying falling out of the top. So where's his range at now? Then I think he's still a first rounder, top fifteen, or is it? Yeah, I think he still could. But I mean, a lot of people. I mean, he was in play just a couple of weeks ago at number two overall. A lot of people thought yeah. the Lions would take him. I never bought into that hype. I think if the Lions, I think the Lions have two options right now that they're weighing, and this is just speculation: Malik Willis or Trayvon Walker. I think those are the two guys that they're targeting. And Trayvon Walker at number two? Yeah, I, I, I think that's the case. Who I, was it that put that? Was that Mel that put that out there? When we were remember. doing the mock, the mock, mocking the mock? Probably. I don't mean to cut you off, but it's, it's crazy that he's jumped up that high and is now over Thibodeau as well. It's that uh, pro, or combine performance. You're yeah. that big, you run a 4-5-1, that skyrockets you. And I said it, I said it a long time ago. Pat myself on the back here. I love doing that. That I did think that the top pass rusher, he would become one, and that he would be in play at number two. Because, I mean, he's just an athletic freak. And he put mm-hmm. it on display. And what's crazy is he, he doesn't really have the production. And it's weird to talk about the NFL draft, because if I say, oh, I think Trayvon Walker is going to get drafted number two overall, it sounds like I absolutely love Trayvon Walker. Honestly, I don't think I would take him number two overall. <laughs> but I think the Lions might and because of that athletic testing. But it just... It doesn't show Do up on the Do you think it would be a wrong decision if they did? Because you're saying, like, I wouldn't do it, but I like the player, if that makes sense. If I were the Lions, I would be a trade-back candidate. I would be talking to teams that maybe want to come up for a tackle or something like that, and then like maybe the Giants, try to draft maybe. a pass rusher a little bit later. Just because you probably need a pass rusher. You could maybe even use a tackle. I really like the tackles in this class. Yeah, there's several of them. But even looking at the Lions, they don't really need one. Like, you have your marquee guy who's going to be your future left tackle in Penny Sewell. And then you have Taylor Decker, who's still pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. And one thing that we've talked about before is that you can only pay each position group so much. If you draft a tackle at number two, you're going to have to pay him left tackle money, even though he might eventually be your right tackle. So, I mean, I don't know that you can afford to have two franchise tackles on your salary cap. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what the Lions are looking at right now. So, I don't know. I don't know what's in play for them. I honestly think they should consider Malik Willis 
if that if they really feel that's their guy, pull the trigger on a quarterback, take a risk, and it might end up working out for you. If not, trade back if you don't like him. Uh, but we also wanted to get into some of these uh, new rules that are happening. We've talked a lot about the overtime rules. I feel like we can put that one to bed after yesterday. Um, it is what it is. It's probably going to change. But the NFL, they're having their ownership meetings, and they made another rule change yesterday, which, uh, not to be Debbie Downer, it just kind of feels like one of those public relation rules. Uh, this morning, as people are reporting, um, the NFL made a rule change to the Rooney rule. All teams must add a minority offensive coach in 2022. So you have to hire a minority hire to be on the offensive side of the ball for this upcoming season. I think that's a, a pretty good idea. I think it sounds right. It doesn't mean that the NFL is going to respect it or honor it. Look at the previous Rooney rule where you had to hire, you had to interview five diversity coaches. Then it just got to the point of where like, yeah, well, Eric, Eric me, bring him in. We'll interview him Yeah, with no real intention. I think what's going to happen, and maybe for some teams this is going to be good, but I do think a lot of teams are just going to say, okay, give me some guy. Yeah, where's the black coach that can be our offensive coach Man, who can it, check the box? It doesn't mean they're going to listen to him. doesn't mean they're going to respect him. Yep. It's, I, I get it what they're trying to do, but this is not, not going to solve everything in the NFL. No, I completely agree with you, and that's what makes me, like, I understand what they're trying to do, but at the same time, like, that's what makes me worry about it is, like, what guy is just going to be hired or given the job just to fit that, to check the box? Exactly. And that sucks. And, like, you know, there's a lot of people out there that deserve it. There's a lot of people that are qualified and deserve these roles. But it's just, like, how in the world are you going to get the time of day or the attention or the respect that you deserve, like, immediately? Now, there are some guys out there and there are some women out there that will. And they will be given the respect in the right situations. But there will be other teams. There will be other front offices. There will be other owners that are like, just check the box and keep moving forward with this process. We know who we want to hire, but we have to do this to get that person in there. Right. It, it does suck. And I, I respect the NFL for at least trying mm-hmm. to do things and trying to get a more diverse coaching staff in there. But it is up to the owners, the front office, and the other head coaches to utilize this position and actually – give it a chance to work. And I also saw that um, interviewing a woman now counts towards the Rooney rule. I, yeah. I like that one too, the Rooney rule. I thought it was a fantastic idea when it first happened. Now, you also have to take it serious now, though. Yeah. Because I there are going to be a lot of teams that say, okay, we have to interview five. Give me a woman, four black coaches. We'll interview them, even though we already know we're hiring this old white guy. Yeah, or the young white guy who, yeah. you know, piss next to Sean McVay. Right. So good ideas. You almost have to put in rules in place to make sure that they're taking it serious, though. And I did see um, these interviews must take place in person. No more just like, hey, let's Zoom call this person for two hours and talk to him so we can say we interviewed him. Now it has to happen in person. But even going back to the allegations that Brian Flores made about like the Denver Broncos. That the front office, the GMs, and everyone showed up, looked like they were hungover, looked like they were uninterested. That was in person. Yeah. And so, like, why would we – it's a good idea. I don't know that it's going to change anything in the NFL until you get some of these old, not necessarily racist, but just dumbasses out of their position. Yeah, where That old mindset. Yeah, where and, they'll take these guys serious. You know, it's one thing that I said kind of when everything is – it's just it's going to take time. 
you know, like, I mean, you just got to wait for this older generation, the older heads to get out of it. And it, and it sucks. It's going to be annoying, but it's just going to take time. At least the NFL is now taking the steps and putting in the right policies and motives to kind of make the change and see a change. But it, once again, it's going to take time. This, this is not just going to happen overnight. As yep. long as we're all understanding and accepting of that, things will be easier and moving in the right direction and be better to how we all want the world to be. That's and my mindset. I do like this. that they've included the interview of woman. That is yes. cool. And I do like seeing more women on the sideline. I mean, five years ago, a woman in the NFL was like, it's never oh, yeah. going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now we got like, what, six assistant coaches somewhere? We got refs. You got a female right. referee. Like, mm-hmm. Do your yeah. thing, ladies. And I absolutely despise the guy that is like, oh, you never played the game. You don't know it. Fuck off, dude. Now, <laughs> like, hey, yeah, I will... That's cool. You paid four years of JV football and you think you know football now. But just because this woman didn't play, she doesn't know the game. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Move along. <laughs> oh, I like. I remember having that mindset when I was younger, but I I put it to just kind of like where I grew up and the voices, like you know what I had encouraging me or like altering my mindset on things. And now it's like, dude, there's no way I'm gonna go up to a girl and be like, yo, name your favorite team or whatever. Like, because mm-hmm. when that girl pipes off and names it, who's the dumbass? Me. <laughs> right. Like, I'm and I'm not in the business of trying to look like a dumbass. So. It is tough, too, because you want to talk to pe- just anyone yes. in sports, not gender-specific, to kind of gauge their interest. We've talked about it before of, like, the different audience of even with the NFL draft. You'll get people who know no one. They don't know a single prospect in the draft, but they want you to talk about, like, hey, who's this guy my team just took? And you have to start at the very basics of, okay, this is Aiden Hutchinson. He's a defensive end, pass rusher from Michigan, Really good, blah, 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 strength, speed, and everything. Yep. And then you'll get other guys like, hey, I want to know who my team just took or who'd my team just sign as an undrafted rookie. And there's just a huge spectrum. So sometimes it is kind of tough to, like, gauge, all right, how much do you know? Yeah. Or even when people ask you person uh, questions in person, it's tough because I, I do sometimes want to be like, where are you at on your Exactly, knowledge? like how in-depth can <laughs> no. I answer this? Because then you want to ask them questions, but, like, because I have the same worry. It's like, hey, I don't want to come off as like that guy or be a douche. But like, you know, you kind of start asking them questions. And to me, that's how I figure out how in-depth they are. Like, oh, right. like what makes you think that? Why this player that? Right. Yeah. And it is. It's tough. I like the person that has like a very basic understanding of football or knowledge because they're so respectable and like open up to your opinions. There's so many people that I've encountered over the last couple of years that are like the got you guys that try to like stump you on a prospect. Yes. And like, I'm going to ask you about this obscure prospect from Northern Idaho. And I'm like, I don't even fucking know Northern Idaho exists. I don't know if it really does. But it's like, why are you trying to like get me? Why are you trying <laughs> to catch me slipping on this stuff? This guy's not going to be in the league. Yeah. Let's move on. That's another thing about draft prospects. I was scrolling Twitter last night. And I saw somebody tweeting about how much they love this player. And then it just got me thinking, and I went down a little rabbit hole of their timeline. They love every fucking player. (laughs) It's like, oh, I love this guy. This guy's great, blah, blah, blah. Okay, we get it. Most of these guys are going to bust in the NFL. Yeah. I think people should be held responsible for saying that they love every player. Because if you love a player and he sucks, you got to take that one on the chin. Yeah, you got Chris Rock that one. Uh, Nikhil <laughs> Harry loved him. He fucking sucks. Yeah, Jared Stidham loved him. Fucking sucks. I haven't had somebody in my replies to the Kyle Hamilton thing about like, oh, like your Jared Stidham tweet. Yeah, missed on it. 
But you know what? Dwayne Haskins is still bad, so S my D. Um, <laughs> that's how I feel about that one. The draft is crazy, though. I love it, and I hate it. I love the draft, and I love the respectable fans. There are some of the biggest assholes I've ever met in, on draft Twitter. Oh, 100%. Draft <laughs> Twitter is its own beast, man. And it, for a little bit, I freaking despised it. Like, I'm not as involved with it as I used to be. And I'm well, I'm so, not either, and honestly, a large, so glad I'm not. A large reason is because of draft Twitter. I got so sick of putting out my opinions on a player just for people to, like, call it dumb. It takes a toll on you. Yeah. And I'm pretty secure in and my I, mental health. But, man, sometimes you'd be like, I'm tired of you shitting on me. It's like you get angry all of a sudden because it's like, dude, just fuck. And everyone's <laughs> like, don't read the replies, don't read the replies. Well, sometimes I want to reply to the replies because it's fun. Yeah. And I am in the business of being roasted nearly 24-7. So I I just got to accept it. (laughs) It's like, here it is. And then I get on Twitter and it's like, ooh, freaking (laughs) Justin Jefferson. It's like, damn it, Brooks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's tough. If I know you, it's different. And I'm going to be wrong. And I think I have a pretty good perspective on that. Like I said, most of these draft picks – I would say a good 60, 65, 70% of the draft picks from this class are going to suck. And that's including the first rounders. Like, if you just go back and look at the people you could label as a bust out of the first round of the NFL draft, more of them bust than succeed. You're going to get more bust than you are pro bowlers in most years. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to some of those, like, what was it, like the 2012 class, historically bad. Where there are only like three good players in the entire draft, that's maybe a little bit of a stretch. But I mean, it was bad. So the year DeAndre Hopkins was drafted, the Chiefs I think had the first round pick, or the first overall pick with Eric Fisher. Yeah, it's like, yeah. what did you expect them to do? This whole fucking class. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, they got Eric Fisher, Fisher, and I don't think he can't be labeled a bust. Yeah, I know it, he didn't maybe live up to the expectations, but he wasn't a bust because when you grade him against everybody else in that class. He was good. He was damn good. I think he made a couple Pro Bowls. Uh, Consistent is what he was. We like to see that. (laughs) Consistent on the holding calls and big moments, too. Right. Um, All right. We wanted to get into some of these rule changes that we want to see happen. And I think for the most part, the NFL has it down to where their rules are pretty good. There is one that does drive me nuts, and it's not the overtime rule. It's the two feet down rule. And I just take it back to, like, backyard football. If you can get a foot down, you – are down. Yeah. So I think that the rule should be changed. I like the college rule where if you get a foot down, you're down. If you can secure the ball for a, a brief second, get a foot down, that's a catch. Like we've made it too complicated in the NFL to where what is a catch and what isn't. And I would like to see the one foot rule. Like why do you have to have two feet down? It just doesn't make I've sense. I've always wondered that too, but then at the same time, it's just so much more impressive to watch them get two feet down instead of one. Yep. I feel like so many of these guys are like, yeah, I can make this catch with one foot in. You want to see me do it with two? Mm-hmm. Like Some when they do is. like the the full body extension and their feet are pointed as, as pointed as it can get yeah, and they're the like catching. Type. Oh, my God. I just think that is so cool. <laughs> we used to try and do that in high school, like just playing around like the backyard or whatnot. Be like, all right, two feet in. Like that would be like our drills that we would just do for fun because it's so difficult to do. Or like the toe drag swag. <sighs> Incredible. Seeing the turf kick up on that is just so cool. Now, I know we could probably get the same thing and more impressive catches or acrobatic type of deals in the back of the end zone with just one foot, 
I wouldn't mind it, but man, it just makes the NFL so much more difficult and amazing and impressive to me. We've seen two feet. They're just like it doesn't make sense to me. I know that it's really cool. Yeah. But like, where, why is it the the second foot that really makes the big difference for the ruling for the like impressiveness of it? Yeah, I get it. But for the ruling, it's like, eh, that wasn't good enough. What does your feet have but to do with But if you get an catch? elbow down <laughs> or if your butt touches, yeah, doesn't matter what else touches. Butt cheek, two feet. <laughs> but it's got to be two feet. Ten toes down in the NFL. Like the college rule, I love the one foot down thing. I mm. absolutely despise the fact that if you accidentally trip, you're just down. If you fall down in, in college, you're down. Yes. No one has to touch you. Nothing. If no one touches you, you should be able to get up and run. And so I would like to see those rules like merged into like college letting receivers get up after they fall down and the NFL one foot down should be enough. Yeah. I'm right there with you on those. Actually uh, a rule that I had for the NFL is I want to see more scoring options after a touchdown. Like we know they already have the two point conversion. We know they have the extra point. Throw in a three point play as well. Mix it in and be like, all right, Hey, if you want to go for three points, you line up at the 15 yard line, run a play. You get it. You score three points. It's like playing flag football. At no, what yard like point do you want to go? Yeah, to to offer this. We always went for three. Boy, I zinged it in there. We got it. I, we so I would love to see that in the NFL. We never did the old three point play. They're dangerous. The field goal, two point conversion from is it like the two or the three, and then maybe like a three point play from the ten, mm-hmm. or fifteen, whatever you want to do. I'd be about it too. Yeah, I think it would be especially late in games where it's like, oh, okay, what play are you running here? Mm-hmm. I think it's crazy as a parent to have to try to explain the game to my daughters, and then they will like come back with a very rational, good idea. Like the other night, it's not like her original idea, but my oldest daughter's into basketball. She's not like a basketball savant or anything. She was like, okay, so if he shoots from behind that line, it's three points. Why don't they have a four-point rule? Because we were watching the Warriors play. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry's pulling up from the logo. It's like, yeah. there should be a four-point rule. I'm like, actually, that's something that a lot of people say. <laughs> but it's funny because I think that next generation is going to be like, we have to have a four-point rule. These guys have been shooting from out here for so long. Give them four points. Maybe it'll be the same for football where they have another three-point. I could get on board with it. Yeah. I don't think it's a crazy idea. And more points, more fun. Exactly. I think so. Um, and also in the news is Cam Newton. Cam Newton released a statement and said um, he's still open to playing. And I'd like to take this time to release a statement to say I am still open to playing. <laughs> Damn it, I was going to do that. Oh, you dog. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the same, like, hey, you know what? I do too, but mm-hmm. guess what, he's looking for it ain't going to happen. A fair opportunity with a chance to play. I am just looking for a paycheck. I, you don't need to play me. I I won't even show up to games if you don't want me to. You need a hype guy on the <laughs> sideline? I am there. Right? But Cam Newton's still interested in playing, but wants a fair shot at starting, pretty much. I don't know where you're going to get that. Maybe in Carolina, but I did see some quotes from Matt Rule this morning that he still thinks there's some good football left in Sam Darnold. Congratulations to Matt Rule. You and Sam Darnold's mom are the only people that think that now. Matt Rule needs to talk to someone about his style. And I know I'm not one to give, like, wardrobe advice because I'm still learning as I go. I'm still trying to determine the difference between a fucking coat and a jacket mm-hmm. on just or everyday talk. and joggers. Man, come on, dog. <laughs> <laughs> My mind was running wild. I was nervous. But I don't even know why I was nervous. That's stupid for me to say. Anywho, Matt Rule looked 
style looked pitiful at the coaches' meeting. It was, it was bad. What did he have, like, an oversized polo on and some really And some super pants? baggy pants and then, like, low-top vans. And it's yeah. like, man, you, like, your jeans are, like, two sizes too big down at the ankles. We well, I grew how up wide in an era is. where that was the fit for an NFL coach. <laughs> I, that I remember baggy? for years just roasting these coaches every year, even I mean, as recently as, like, four years ago. You'd have this picture come out that they take every year, and it would just be like, all right, let's all look at these coaches and laugh at what they're wearing. Uh-huh. Now, as I put it out on Twitter yesterday, now I feel fucking judged. <laughs> now you got guys like Kyle Shanahan out there, and I'm like, damn, he looks really good. Like Sean McVay, that's an L.A. style. Yeah, dude. This is the new standard of NFL coaching. Uh, yeah. Mike McDaniel out there not looking terrible. <laughs> But you know, it just it looks it's looking very... like that one frat dude. That's like he's actually pretty cool, man. The other one's douchebags. That guy's actually <laughs> he really is cool. the nerdy frat guy. That's like, yeah, I definitely had to join so I could find friends. But I'm also really funny. That was probably smart. my favorite part of Indianapolis is just listening to him talk, man. God, he's hilarious. <laughs> he is. I am. I find myself rooting for him. Like, and now Mark that Jones, who? <laughs> You're right. Uh, yeah, uh, but Cam Newton. Maybe the Panthers would give him another shot. I, maybe the. Seahawks. Other than that, I honestly don't know where he could go with a chance to play. I mean, I love the competitiveness and the drive to play, but like, and I understand still wanting to, but it, like, there's no way he's going to go start anywhere, right? Like, just go be a backup and a mentor and continue to make millions. Just I do can't. that. Yeah, exactly. And I think so many guys just are like ashamed or embarrassed to take on that role. It's a really good job. Yeah. I mean, you could extend if you're Cam Newton and you really embrace that role of this is what I'm going to do, you've extended your career by five, six, seven years. 100%. Because I mean, we're not really expecting you to play. Chase Daniel is still in the league. Hasn't played in a long time. What, 14 years is what he's in? Yeah, so, I mean, if you're like, a guy like Colt Cameron, McCoy, college legend, exactly. been a career backup. Mm-hmm. Kill it, man. Live in the dream. I mean, even if you're bringing in a, a million, two million dollars a year, that's a lot of money. And if you can do that over the next five years, that's $10 million that you didn't have because your ass wanted to start somewhere. <laughs> so I, do, I think it's time for Cam Newton to embrace the, the backup role, which so many other quarterbacks should. I feel like so many hang on to, oh, I've got to go somewhere and be a starter. Why not just go to a really good situation where you could win a, a couple, you know, a championship, an AFC championship or something like that. Yeah. But also, starting quarterbacks get hurt all the time. And if you go and you're playing for a really good offense and you can showcase that, hey, I can be good with a good offense, you're going to get another chance to start. I mean, you tell me in two years when Chad Henney probably retires or he should, mm-hmm. Chiefs bringing Cam Newton as a backup quarterback, I'd love to have that energy in the locker room. That yeah. type of fun, big, giant smile on the sideline with Patrick Mahomes having some fun. Or a yeah. team like the Cowboys. Like Cam Newton's going to sell jerseys for the Cowboys. He's going to back up Dak Prescott, who's had some injury problems in the yeah. past. So that's a good opportunity for him to maybe play, but at the same time, mentor a younger quarterback in the league. 100%. Or some of these other teams that are bringing in rookies this year. If you were, let's say you're a backup, and you get an option to play for any 32 teams in the NFL, where are you going? I mean, my Market, city. Very obvious, it's Kansas City. Really? Mm-hmm. You can go live anywhere in the world. As a, and you'd be a backup quarterback. I told you, man, I got roots here. I'm not trying to leave this area. <laughs> Take your whole family. Kansas City is like, that's the furthest I would ever move. But dude, that's a lie because I wouldn't go to Kansas City. I was going to say, you go to Kansas City. <laughs> right. I'm not, I'm not leaving. I left Joplin for Webb City, and that's about it for me. 
It's as far Which as I get. funny to people who know that they are like neighboring cities. It is like St. Paul and Minneapolis. They are connected. There's not even a bridge. It's just <laughs> right. you, you go from range line to Madison. <laughs> yeah, it just street changes and you don't turn or stop. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have no uh, desire. If I were like looking at it as somebody else of like where could I go be a backup quarterback in the league, live and work with any of these guys, I, Miami is an attractive spot. L.A. Like Chase Daniels living the freaking life, man. Mm-hmm. L.A. with um, either one of those quarterbacks. I mean, the Rams would be a really good situation. Mm-hmm. So would the Chargers with Justin Herbert. Uh, with Miami, you do run the risk of, I might have to play. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tua might be bad. And he might get hurt. So maybe that's where Cam Newton should look and be like, that's a good opportunity. You know what? That is the situation I would go to is Miami because I know I'm guaranteed to throw for four yards in a game. Tyree Kill, front little pitch. Jalen Waddle, front little pitch. Uh-huh. See ya. Yeah, 60 Mike yards in a got quarter. the run game going. Mm-mm-mm. We're good. So there's that's my answer. Miami, beautiful city. And you might no actually state have the opportunity tax. to play. Yeah, no state income tax. That's the one. It's Miami. Your answer too? Miami? Miami or LA, yeah. It wouldn't be New York. I ain't going to that. Because, yeah, that's another situation where you might play and it ain't going to be as good. <laughs> No, like for the Giants? That's Magic Johnson. Ain't going to happen. <laughs> I'm not going to be there. <laughs> right? There's there's another opportunity, though, for Cam Newton, where I think that maybe he should explore that route of, all right, I'm going to come in and not be named the starter, but I know the starter could be bad. And I know Teddy hurt. Bridgewater's there. Sorry. Like, maybe right. Teddy beat you to it. Like, dang it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mr. Kneecaps over there. Uh, Teddy <laughs> Bridgewater. Uh, Jimmy G is another option, and um, – Again, I'm going to pat myself on the back here. I said it a couple of weeks ago. I don't think he's leaving. I'm going to say it again today. I don't think he's leaving. <laughs> I don't think they're getting rid of this dude. I mean, it was John Elway yesterday. that was like, ah, oh, he's just too good to cut. It's like, then what the fuck are you doing trading up for Trey Lance? What's the whole point of that? You gave up three first-rounders. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Jimmy G, too, is like there's a lot of speculation of, oh, maybe we keep him this year. We're not going to name a starter. I think Kyle Shanahan was on record. Yeah. Saying that, that there, there's a possibility that that happens. He's a free agent after this year. He can just walk. So either you trade him this season or you're going to lose him next season. And that's where I think the mindset is. Get whatever you can for him. Don't give him away for free. If you can get a second right. or a third rounder for him, adios, Jimmy. Love to see you. Or maybe yeah. this is kind of the move or mindset is like, ah, we're not going to get rid of him, we're not going to get rid of him. You go through the draft, a team misses on a quarterback, still need one, someone gets hurt in camp, boom, his trade value's up, then you release him. Yeah. Or and trade it, him, excuse me. I think this is also definitely one of those situations where the 49ers are starting to put it out there, like, no, we like him, we might keep him, to try to get teams from, like, say they're trying to give you, like, a fourth-round pick because yeah. of his hurt shoulder. Now maybe you say you like him, they say, okay, we'll give you a third-round pick. Yep. Or something like that. Or maybe it's a third to a second. They're just trying to work the market. Uh, this is a, a typical 49ers move of like, oh, no, we might not even take a quarterback at pick three. We're exploring all of our options and all that bullshit. Or, you know, they did the same thing with Mitch Trubisky where they said, like, hey, there are a lot of teams calling up trying to get your guy. Yeah. No one was calling up. <laughs> Absolutely no one. So we'll see what happens with them. If I did have to bet on it, I would bet on Jimmy G being a 49er. Uh, to start the year next year. Start the year as in like when the actual season kicks off, regular yep. season. Okay. Yeah. I think there's a possibility he gets traded right before training camp in the summer. Or I could even see him being um, maybe traded at the trade deadline. I mean, that happened to him before. Yeah. I don't think that's ideal, but, you know, 
if a quarterback goes down with an injury and you still think you have a really good team, like uh, with what happened with Dak Prescott, yep. like you're rolling a little bit, quarterback gets injured, all right, let's make a move. Second-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. Something like that. But I, I don't necessarily agree with what the 49ers are doing. I think they should try to get whatever they can out of him and get rid of him before the season starts. But I also think that the back and forth there between John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan of who wants him to stay, who wants him to go, is, is probably a bigger concern than I think a lot of people are willing to admit. It definitely feels like it's becoming more clear, too. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're definitely handling that situation very, very weirdly. So we'll see what happens with Jimmy G. Um, we'll also see what happens with our Roper Kia sponsor, who you should go check them out. Like we said, need a truck to pull that RV? Roper Kia got you covered. They got all kinds of trucks there. Um, if you can't find what you're looking for, they will definitely help you find it. And it is trucks. I know Kia doesn't have a truck. I was going to say, people are probably like, ooh, Kia, like, where's your Kia truck at? It didn't you say, I want a Dodge truck, and they went and bought it from somewhere else yeah. so they could give it to you. So you didn't have to worry about it. You just come in, boom, thank you for it the It was truck. a Chevy Colorado. That's what I was driving. A sweet little truck, little old man pickup. It's a neat little truck. Neat little device, huh? <laughs> yeah. Ah. And uh, I did. I, I told the guys at Roper that I was looking for a truck, and um, they said, like, you sure? We'll, we'll check out what we have. You can look. And they even told me, like, look at other dealerships. Might be able to make something happen for you. And I found one on Craigslist. Found the truck that I wanted on Craigslist. And I said, like, man, I really wish you guys could get this truck. I didn't think it could happen. <laughs> They made it happen at Roper Kia. Mention us here mic'd up, and they'll give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Absolutely. And another website that you should visit, or not another, just a site you should visit, is gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week, and the best part about it is there's no hidden fees when you go to check out, so you don't even have to worry about it. Also, it's not a matter of if. It is a matter <laughs> of when danger could arise. Make sure you put yourself in a in a position to protect you and your family, and you can do so with Gunspot.com. You did Why it. do I struggle with that? I just get so mad. It's like, don't say niff. You better not niff this up, man. You have a case of the niffs, <laughs> which in baseball we would call a case of the yips, to where you get so in your head about, like, you can make this throw to first base. You can make this throw to first base. That's all you're thinking about now. Hey, try being the first baseman when your entire infield has that. Most terrifying experience ever. It's like, fuck, mm-hmm. they hit another grounder. Uh-huh. Where's yeah. this coming from second? Second is the most terrifying <laughs> opportunity to try and catch from first base because it's like, how hard are they going to throw this from 30 feet away? Right. I, I played a little bit of first base in my days, and I remember getting yelled at by a parent one time of like, why didn't you scoop that, Miller? <laughs> And I turned around and just looked at the coach like, are you kidding me? Or the parent. It wasn't even a coach. Because it took like two hops, ended up over the fence that's <laughs> behind first base. And I'm like, scoop it. Like he threw it on a rocket directly to the ground and it skyrocketed out of here. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Scoop it. No, I'm not digging that one out. Uh, I'm just here to have fun, man. I don't take baseball seriously. That was me. Uh, we do have some baseball talk, though. Uh, some some Major League Baseball rule changes that we're going to get into as well. There's been a lot of talk about second base and what to do with it. We've already had the discussions of we're going to make the bases bigger, which I didn't understand at the time, but I like it now. Fewer collisions, more stolen bases. And it really feels like this is an emphasis of Major League Baseball. They want more steals, and they're going to experiment in AAA with moving second base closer. 
So what they're going to do is they're going to move it closer to the mound and shorten that distance, and it will move about one foot closer to first base and third base that way. I love this. I know there are a lot of traditionalists that are like, why are you changing the base paths? Bullshit like that. Why are you making bases bigger? I like action on the baseline. Yeah. I, I want to see more steals. And it feels like over the last few years or so, steals are really down. I don't have the data to support that argument. But I'll look at guys that are leading the league in steals, and it's like, oh, you had, you had 40? Yeah. Like, that's good, but I can remember the days of guys getting like 70, 80. No shit. In a season, and that being oh, I've like never seen that. Wow. really good. Exactly. Like, in, you know, we are a little bit far apart in age, but we're not that far apart. Yeah. I mean, the generation of sports just over like a four-year, five, six-year gap is just insane, too. Like, six years ago, where the NFL was and to where it's at now. I feel like there's a lot of change with it. Yeah. Or baseball. Baseball, I feel like the game has changed so much because of them not implementing different rule changes. That like, juicing the baseballs and then unjuicing yeah. the baseballs. Right. Yeah, or even like, you know, the shift. Like, strike ups, strikeouts are up and batting averages are down. And they've done nothing to counter that. Like in the NFL. A couple of years ago, they decided, hey, we want to see more scoring. You can't touch receivers anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, so they've just kind of manipulated these rules to, oh, too many receivers, too many quarterbacks are getting hurt. Can't touch them anymore either. They'll make rule changes that directly impact what they want to see on the field. So, like, for baseball, like, if you want to see more hits, ban the fucking shift. <laughs> Move the mound back a little bit is another one. And you want to see more steals? Bigger bases, moving second base. I'm about it. Try it. If you don't like it, undo it. It's not like you're stuck with this. You're not getting into a 30-year mortgage with moving second base. It's fine. (laughs) Isn't there 90 feet between each bag or each base, excuse me? So I was reading about this. That's actually not even true. It's like 88 and a half feet between each. So now it's going to be like 87 and a half. Just between first, second, and third? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So with, I mean, it sounds exciting. It sounds awesome. But isn't the whole reason for like the steals numbers going down is because catchers' arms have gotten stronger and they're better at getting the ball out of their hand? Doesn't this almost make it easier for them as well if it's like a foot less that they have to throw? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. But they're going to experiment with it to see if this does increase. Now there's no steals. (laughs) Everyone's right. (laughs) And that might be the case, to which I say good job for trying something. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, some of those guys, I can remember Yachty Molina trying to throw out, uh, what was that guy's name, Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Spent some time with the Royals, was a red. And there's a clip on, like, TikTok or Instagram reels of Yachty trying to throw this dude out, and he just cannot do it. And Yachty is one of the best defensive catchers I've ever seen. Yep. And then that final, like, the time that he finally gets him, it's like, oh, my God, like, thank, he's literally looking up to the sky, like, <laughs> thank you, God, I finally... Got this, dude. So I, I do. I'm a big fan of steals. I want to see more. I want batting average up. I want more steals. Maybe this is because I'm a Royals fan. <laughs> where I'm like, I don't necessarily care about home runs. Need more steals. Yeah. Plays on the base paths. That's going to uh, be big for me. Andrew Benditini was actually, I think it was quoted yesterday, maybe it was this morning, of going, hey, this lineup could be dangerous top to bottom. I, think I was just like, huh. Boner alert. One of the guys that I thought about that was always really good at steals and it felt like he was leading the league like all the time was Juan Pierre. You probably don't even remember him. Damn, yeah, that was a name. In Juan 2010. Pierre. Yeah. 
Juan Pierre. He was a little left fielder, but very fast. In 2010, he led the league in steals with 68. And I mean, I can remember like Whit Merrifield being up there in steals, and I think he had like 30. Yeah. And I thought that was a lot. Right. And again, that's just the difference. And yeah, it, Whit Merrifield led the league in steals two years in a row. Yeah. One. How the fuck do you do that? He's not fast. <laughs> His timing um, is incredible. Actually. In 2017, he led the league in steals with 34. In 2018, again, had 45. Damn. Yeah. I, that's just, I can remember Barry Bonds getting 40-40. 40 home runs, 40 steals. We need more action on the base path. Barry Bonds had 40 steals in a season? Yeah. I didn't realize that was the 40-40 for some reason. Yep, that's the forty forty club that uh, very few players are in. Barry Bonds the last one to do it, I think. A couple Jesus. of those other steroid guys got close. Who was it? Ryan Braun got close, and I was like, something's not right there. Yeah, <laughs> because he was juicing. <laughs> Makes sense. And who was other? Matt Kemp with the Dodgers. They were in like neck and neck in an NL MVP race, and both of them were very close to forty forty club. Neither one of them got it, and I think both of them. We're definitely on stage. Ryan Braun definitely just like fell off after he got suspended, right? Yeah. I feel like I remember hearing about him and it was like, boom, he's busting. I was like, where are Ryan Braun still in the league? Shit. I thought he just mm-hmm. fell off the cliff. In 1990, Barry Bonds stole 52 bases. But that's impressive. In 1999? In, no, 90. <laughs> 1990. 1990. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> he stole 50. feel like Kevin Hart right there. Damn. Uh, however, uh, in his age 31 season, which was 1996, he's 31 years old, he stole 40 bases and hit 42 home runs. This man is not in the Hall of Fame. Jesus. And he can't be in the Hall what of Fame, What they right? should do he's is over just, with? Right? They should eliminate all of his stats from 2001 on. When he hit 73 home runs, eliminate him. He's still a Hall of Famer. Like, he's a first ballot 100% Hall of Famer before that steroid season. <laughs> so just take him, put an asterisk, and be like, hey, by the way, we eliminated like eight years of his career, but he's still a Hall of Famer. And we all know it. If you met Barry Bonds, would you think you'd fangirl over that? No. Not at all? Huh. I know how good he was, but I wasn't like a super fan. Yeah. MLB guys that might make me fangirl would be King Griffey Jr. That might that might be where it stops though. Damn. I don't fangirl. Yeah. I don't feel like I fangirl, but I definitely have that. Ah, like, Andy Reid. <laughs> yeah. That was the first time though. Ever that's what ended that's what that was the start end. Popped end your of cherry, it, really. now you're good. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's like, nah, it's all right. Been here. Yeah, I will say you did better. Uh, this year at the combine, we saw a lot of very famous, yeah, football personalities. Not even just coaches. Oh, one hundred percent media members, like uh-huh. just all over the place. And we're all in the same room. If that would have happened to you four years prior, you would have been freaking out. I'm like, holy shit, mm-hmm. that's Look Jane that Slater. Person. That person. now it's like that's Jane. Cool. I just saw PFT commenter. <laughs> oh shit, Mike McDaniel's here. <laughs> <laughs> like I forgot your, about PFT. Man, your head held, would have exploded. Him and I held eye contact so many times. It was like, <laughs> which one of glasses. us is going to go hit on the other? Like that was. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, who's making the move? And neither of us did it. And I was like, damn, <laughs> should have done it. Mm-hmm. 
You, if I ever meet him, I'll just be like, you're the one that got away. I remember seeing you in Indy twice <laughs> in Miami. Yeah. Do you, do you remember me? We should, it's like those Craigslist missed connections or whatever. Have you ever read those? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I used to do it uh, when I lived um, in Springfield, Missouri, which is a little bit bigger of a town. But it like people actually used it to be like, hey, I was in Price Cutter at 2.30 on Tuesday. You and I exchanged a look at the bananas hoping to find you. Like that, that's a real one. Not maybe the details are wrong. That I actually read that somebody had posted it on Craigslist looking for this girl that they had made eye contact over with. some eye contact out in the banana section. Yep. Or be like, hey, met this girl at a bar. She's you know about this tall, this color hair. Didn't catch her name. Didn't get her number. Help me find her. But now people do that shit on TikTok and stuff too. Yeah, there's a there was an app in college called like Yik Yak or something like that, and it was a. You could just anonymously post all the stuff, and people would comment. Or they would upvote it or they downvote it. It's kind of like a version of Reddit almost in that sense. <laughs> but my freshman year when I had it, I uh, had just gotten a new roommate uh, in the dorm, and there was this girl that we saw in the elevator, and he was like, oh, just met this pretty girl in the elevator, yada, yada, yada. Think you're really pretty. Wouldn't mind, mind taking you out. And she commented, hey, or someone responded, hey, that was me. And he was like, oh, cool. When do you want to meet? zero response and it was like oh man that sucks now there is a possibility it wasn't that girl at all because it's all like anonymous but at the same time people do that all the time and it was hilarious mm-hmm. to read through them tell the truth tuesday i used to post in the craigslist ones and just make <laughs> up scenarios to see if people would reply <laughs> which is really rude now because uh, somebody might have been like hey yeah actually i had a similar thing happen what was that what's that Let's song reply. oh yeah Pina Coladas dancing yeah, in the do rain. Yeah, like Pina Yeah. Yep. It. I didn't realize what that song was actually about until a uh, year and a half ago. <laughs> I think it was actually you that told me uh-huh. about it. Tell the truth Tuesday. <laughs> I was I over mean, here jamming to the song, like, mm, mm. listen to the words. Oh shit! Yeah. They're both cheating exactly. on each other. But with that's each a part other. of the song that people like leave out. They're like, oh my god, they're rekindling their relationships because it was bad. <laughs> yeah, a lot and they of people were about to start cheating. <laughs> you went to a newspaper to try to find a hookup. The original Tinder. <laughs> yeah. The original it. misconnections. <laughs> yeah. We've come a long way from like posting in a newspaper, uh. looking for a date. To going online and be like, oh, misconnections. To sending like friend requests of like, don't know you, but I'm about to friend you. Send you a poke and get your attention. To just having apps where it's like, just swipe. Let's, yeah. let's see if we're interested. Which has also killed almost all in-person dating. Oh, yeah. For it's almost sure. like you just have to share your profile with somebody and be like, hey, <laughs> here it is. You interested? <laughs> yeah. Swipe, no response. Swipe all right, left or right. And I don't want to go spoil it with you anyways. From check yes or no to swipe right or left. Yeah. George Strait would be rolling over in his grave if he were dead. I was going to say, he's dead? <laughs> he's <still very laughs> I was much. about to panic for a second. <laughs> very much alive. Uh, other rule changes that are happening in baseball is one that we haven't <laughs> talked about on the podcast. is the Shohei Otani rule, which is going to allow all pitchers, but I, we know which one they're talking about. All pitchers to remain in the game after they're done pitching as a designated hitter. So before you know, Shohei Tani leaves the game, you have to bring in a pitcher. There's a lot of stupid like double shifts and things like that. I again, I'm going to applaud Major League Baseball. I think they got this one right. If you have a guy like this who can hit and pitch, let him stay in the game. It doesn't have to be that complicated. 
honestly, it kind of feels like an outdated rule to be like, no, nope, can't come back in the game anyway. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> like, it definitely does when you put it that way. Uh, the one that for I. Position oh. players, though. Like, if you're at first base, you take a ball to the ribs, and then they're like, ah, we're actually we're going to pull you out of the game for a little bit. They go and they check your ribs, and then you're like, no, I'm, I'm good. You can't go back in. You oh, you don't get like a sub. No, I guess I never realized that. No, if you sub out, you are out for the entire game. I feel like I knew that rule, but I never processed like that example of it. About how stupid it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it could be just, you know, like if something minor happens to you. And I get it for like the batting lineup. You don't want to just be subbing players in and out, in and out. But maybe you do it like the transfer portal. Like you get one. After you leave for the second time, you're done for it. <laughs> you get to sub out once. And it's not like they carry a shitload of players on the bench anyway. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm glad that they're doing the Shohei Otani one. And one rule that I would like to see changed in Major League Baseball is we're moving second base closer to the mound. I also want to see the mound move back. <laughs> I think that's another reason is you, you just haven't adjusted in Major League Baseball for guys that can throw easily 102. It is not. There's a lot of them right now. It's not weird to see a guy throw over 100. And again, I'll be the old man. I can remember when that was special. When throwing 100 was something that you just didn't see. Like going up to Kaufman, the Royals didn't have anybody that could do it. But maybe Randy Johnson was in town and he could touch 100 or something like that. I remember not too long ago seeing Clemens do it as a Yankee being like, holy shit, I've never seen 100 before. Truth be told, still haven't seen it because that was just a blur. I I cannot (laughs) see that ball going that fast. But now you're even getting kids in college that throw like 104. That's stupid. You need to move the mound back. How are you supposed to hit that? It's impossible. It's already hard. It's already the hardest thing to do in all of sports. So I would like to see them experiment with moving the mound back. A 98-mile-per-hour slider should not be possible, but it is. If they do move the mound back, the mile-per-hours will also go down, correct? Probably a little bit. It's also just to give the hitters a little bit more time. That also might sound kind of silly, but at the same time, it's like when you watch Little League games, like in MLB, this would have been a 95-mile-an-hour pitch. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm all about moving the mound back, or at least, like Major League Baseball is doing, just experiment with it a little bit. See what happens. Go back to our college days. See if it feels right. And if it doesn't, we'll pretend like it never happened. (laughs) Act like it never happened. For me, the one that I'm surprised hasn't happened yet is just like an automated strike zone. You can still have the ump standing back there. But just have like something buzz on them. I mean, the Astros did it, so maybe they can help out with this. I'm like, hey, <laughs> buzz technology. here, strike, buzz over here, yeah. ball. The buzz on your left arm is a strike. Buzz exactly. on the right arm, ball. <laughs> bingo, bingo. That's not that hard to figure out. <laughs> I am also about it. Uh, I like the umps. I will say that. And I like how different umps do have a different strike zone. But sometimes it is a little bit obnoxious. And the whole argument of, oh, it would take forever to – no, it doesn't. Yeah. They literally do it on every broadcast now. They will show you this was actually a ball. And they have, like, the graph up. They have the ball track, everything. So it's it's not about time. Yeah. Like you said, put a buzzer in or something. Put and have umps customize their own strike zone if they want. Like, I like my strike yep. zone to be just a touch wider on the plate. Maybe a touch higher or lower. Boom. See ya. Yep. Yeah, or even the universal just here's the strike zone, well, which, I mean, sometimes that's manipulated anyway. Like you're saying yeah. with each ump has his own. You get guys that crouch down super low, and they know what they're doing. They're eliminating that strike zone. 
Yep. Or guys that hug the plate to where their elbows actually over the plate. Barry Bonds. <laughs> I'm, I'm about it. Or at least, like I said, trying it out. Uh, yep. Let's just do that. I know a lot of people hate like the ghost runner thing. I've said I'm on the fence about it. Don't really care. Speeds up the game. Whatever. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, let's talk about uh, some of our great sponsors that are a big deal. Club 609 right here in Joplin, Missouri. Uh, Two-for-one drink specials, $2 draft pours, and one of the best experiences you will ever have in your life at Club 609. And a great experience that your vehicle will have is right here at Downtown Lube. Located in the heart of Joplin, Missouri on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com for the full list of services. Also, again, with this, you're going to be with Gunspot. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Son of a bitch. You're going to need your tires changed, your oil serviced. Go to Downtown Lube and get it done in Joplin. I did it again, didn't you I? You just have to embrace it. I'm, I, yeah, I am at this point. It doesn't matter. I'm a NIF guy. What can I say? <laughs> I, you know, I used to have to have these conversations uh, with some of my students. I'm like, man, this this person keeps picking on me, and it's turning into like a bullying situation. To where, at some point, you have to realize like the reaction you're giving is why they keep coming back. <laughs> if you were just to like ignore it and just say it, no one would even care anymore. But I, then I just feel so bad for ignoring it. <laughs> it's like oh, I'm ignoring them. You can't change it. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I watch you physically try to not say NIF, and you cannot do it. You're 0 for 2 today on just saying the word if. Did I not do it the first time either? No. Even I even, like, punctuated it. Yeah, I if. don't think you got it today, bud. Oh, man, I definitely thought I got it the first time. Maybe you did. We'll listen back. <laughs> <laughs> but I just maybe you just embrace Go it. back to the tape. Replay. It is, <laughs> yeah, right. it's, the, it's the phrasing of it, too, because I've heard you say the word if before. Yeah. But it's that little saying that you have that gets you. It's not a matter of if. I just, I even was practicing it last night. <laughs> yeah, tell the truth, Tuesday. You're practicing <laughs> saying the word if. In the mirror, like, you idiot. You can't like, stop this. being so hard on yourself. You're, you're good. You're fine. <laughs> All right. I have, I have a couple tell the truth Tuesdays and I'm excited told, to hear these. <laughs> I'm going to give you three out of the four that Buckle I have today. Up, y'all. Um, this weekend was getting my lawn ready. I think we talked about that a little bit. I started putting some fertilizer down. I started getting my lawn mower ready. We're doing the oil changes. It's time for new mower blades. And I get excited about this stuff. For me, it's like golf. Like, I know my yard doesn't look amazing, but I like doing it. My golf game, not amazing, but I like doing it. So, like, don't be judging me on my yard. But this weekend was my opportunity to do all that stuff. And I, I went. I got all the parts that I needed to change the blades, change the oil. Uh, I changed the oil. No problem. Well, I had a little bit of an oil spill. I pulled too hard on the plug. I pulled the whole plug off. Oil went everywhere, but it was fine. It's still like it's a nice day. I'm having a good day. We're not going to let this stop me from enjoying it. So we're fine. I clean that up, get the oil changed, go to put the lawnmower blades on. I have a riding mower. I do not have a jack or anything like that. So I took the entire deck off. And let me tell you, it took me about 20 minutes. It was super easy. And I was very impressed with myself. I'm like, I did it. Like, I was worried about it. In the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm going to fuck this up somehow. Not be able to get it off or not be able to get it back on. But I took the whole deck off in a real manly move. 
And then I go to take the lawnmower blades off. So I get my whole ratchet out. I go to crank on it. Doesn't work. Doesn't move. So I'm like, oh, okay, it's fine. I'll go buy a bigger one, bigger wrench. It's fine. I go buy a bigger one. I still can't get this fucking thing to budge. It will not move. Can't do it. So I went and got a breaker bar, which is like this 18-inch rod that is just supposed to be able to take off any nut. Yeah. Didn't work. I'm cranking on it. I'm kicking it. I mean, I'm not a weak person by any means. (laughs) I'm not a strong person either, but like (laughs) I can move some stuff. I can put my weight into a bar, and it should move. Yes. So eventually, I, I got to call the old man. I call my dad and be like, hey, do you have anything like bigger? Do you know any other tricks, tips, like anything like that? And he's like, ah, oh, me and your mom are actually like, we're pretty close. We'll just swing by, take a look at it. He gets there, and you obviously know my dad. He is five foot seven. Uh-huh. Maybe. I think he's actually getting shorter. He maybe weighs 150 pounds. Yeah. But he's also a Vietnam vet. And he shows up. This motherfucker gets it on the second try. I told him, I've literally been doing this shit all day. I've put three hours into work to get these lawnmower (laughs) blades off. He comes in there, tries it with his hand first. Nope, not getting it. And I'm like, yeah, told you so. It's stuck. He puts a foot into it. Pop. Thing breaks loose. It just gets it. That's my first Tell the Truth Tuesday. I don't understand how. He's he's not stronger than me. <laughs> he's not bigger than me. <laughs> but that lug nut took one look at him and said, no, nah, I'm not fucking with the guy that has a Vietnam veteran hat on. I'm getting out of here. I'm loose. Same thing with the other one. Tries it with his hand, can't get it. Puts his fucking cowboy boot on it. Pushes a little bit. Pops loose. I've never felt so defeated in my entire life. <laughs> 34 like years old, we I still have the... to call my like 70-year-old dad to come break things loose for me. He's probably going to have to open a pickle jar for me tonight or something. <laughs> it's just humiliating. Ugh, it was like that time we were on the road trip. I think we were going to the uh, Ohio State-Michigan game, and we needed to pop the trunk of the hood or something. And I think it was two other buddies, and I know you and I were in the truck. And they're sitting there looking at it, trying to get it figured out. And all of a sudden, your dad just walks up, slides his hand underneath it, and pops the hood, like, in two seconds. And I just lost it. I thought it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Because uh, the two buddies out in front of the truck are just like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, like, how, Thanks, Dad, but I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I can remember uh, last year when I tried to change my oil in my lawnmower. It's, the oil filter was stuck on there. And, like, I'm YouTubing things, and, like, yeah, this is notably, like, a thing. You have to have a special tool to take it off. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, I don't feel bad that I can't get it off. It's it's whatever. I get the special tool even, and I'm trying to take it off. Same thing happened to me. Called my dad, and I'm like, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to get it. Like, can you help me out? And he said to me, well, I have to help your brother do this, and then I have to help your other brother do that. And then I can probably get to you. And I'm like, fuck, I'm third in line on the, you need help. <laughs> but then I got it. And I got it to call him back and say, hey, you tell my brothers, I don't need your help. I did it. <laughs> did he, did he <laughs> yeah. tell him? Oh, yeah. He, he, I don't know if he told him, but he like died laughing about it. It was, <laughs> it was a whole ordeal. But that's my first Tell the Truth Tuesdays. I eventually got those lawnmower. Well, he eventually got the lawnmower blades <laughs> off, and I got to mow. So, it was a good day. I was going to say, did you get the blades on and mowed and everything was fine? Oh, yeah. And then properly? my mom, being the sweet lady that she is, too, after my dad breaks the 
the lawnmower blades off, gets them off. She's like, do you need your dad to help you get the deck back on? And I'm like, no, mom, I can do things for myself. Please leave. I'm a man. And then I struggled for 45 minutes to get it back on. Are you serious? God dang it. Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) My first tell the truth Tuesdays is not to that extreme, but it's a little different. I was on TikTok, surprise, and I had come across like this Titanic information. And for some reason, I've been seeing a lot of it and it's gotten kind of interesting. And I, I can't. I don't think I've talked about it before, but it showed like what the Titanic would really look like if you were actually like leaving the ship and you were to look back. Because like when you watch the movie, everything's lit up, so you get to see the ship break. And then it shows a clip of like what it would actually look like if you were there, and it's pitch darkness and just the lights of the ship. And then you just hear it break, and then the lights turn off, and then it falls. And it's like like when it breaks in half. Yes, and I was like, I never thought of that. Like, that would be the most terrifying part about this ship sinking is that it is pitch dark outside. There's not just, like, no ocean lights out there. It's like, ooh, let me get a little closer. I can see. It is dark. It we is cold. The- that is, like, to me, it was just absolutely terrifying to realize that. I was like, yeah, that's dark. Like you're- I took my daughters to the Titanic Museum, um, which is too expensive, but it's fun. And you get to see the slope of the ship on like the different levels of like, okay, this is what the slope was after like 30 minutes or whatever. This is yeah. what it was after an hour. And you get to try to stand on it. Then it, it becomes impossible to where it's like, yeah, my ass would have been falling off. Like I would have been, I would have been hammered ass drunk is what I would have done. <laughs> I would have just got loaded and not even remembered that I can't swim, but it is, it's crazy <laughs> to even think about, or that cold water. They do the, they have a little thing where you can put your hand in this water mm-hmm. and it's like, this is what's, the actual temperature, which was, crazy fact, below freezing. The yeah. water temperature was below freezing that night. RIP to the people on the RSS. And the other thing to think about is, like, when that ocean does start to sink, or the ocean, the ship starts to sink into the ocean, like, the pull that it would bring with it, with, like, the water kind of caving yeah. into it, like, the pull that it would have, mm-hmm. that's another terrifying. Like, you think you're finding away from it, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's sucking me in. <laughs> Not in a good way. Yeah. Uh, my next Tell the Truth Tuesday is, as we talked about, I hosted a little event on Saturday. Boy, we, did you. Damn. We did the old blazed up and mic'd up thing. And I might have had a little too much to drink slash smoke. Um, and it hit it hit pretty hard. But I knew I didn't have to, I didn't have to worry about an Uber. I didn't have to worry about a DD, anything like that. I literally had to walk 30 feet inside my house. Didn't happen. I slept outside because of I lost the ability to walk. <laughs> it was just you didn't like, even tell me that. I know. <laughs> it was just like this is it. This is what I'm doing. I'm sleeping outside. I'm gonna sleep this off. I mean, I went straight zombie mode. Oh, you oh. didn't sleep outside because you wanted to. You slept outside because you didn't have a, a choice. little bit of both. A little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I lost the ability to walk. Where are like you going to fucking Leonardo DiCaprio crawl yeah. your ass into the house? I embrace the fact that, you know what? I'm, I am going to die. So uh, I embrace the fact that I could <laughs> no longer walk. And so I just kind of worked my way to the ground next to the fire, which the next morning when I went out and cleaned up, it was too close. So I've broken down the tape. We've done some reflection. I'm not going to do that again, but that did happen the other time. What do you mean it was too close? Like you were too close to the fire? Yeah, because I had put some blankets on myself. Is I would put it to like a scene out of Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> because I had also – I had had some beers. I had had some moonshine. I had had some weed. Uh-huh. That's a deadly trio. <laughs> and 
I was just like, I can't, I can't make it up uh, to my house. What's, Which again is thirty feet away. It felt three hundred yards, and so then I just, I camped out for a little bit, and then after a few hours, I walked back into my house. <laughs> How, so were the blankets already outside? Yes. Because okay. I had brought some blankets out for people to that would get cold. Oh, so, so my like, thought was that like you made the decision to sleep outside, <laughs> so you went in and got blankets. That would be then, my dumbass decision. To be like, like, oh, I can't walk. Cold. I gotta go get blankets. <laughs> I can't make it to my bed. Let me go grab a blanket. <laughs> no, I. But I did, and we're all safe and sound. That's my second. I got three. My second one is uh, I used to have a crush on Vanessa Hudgens when I was younger. It was because of the High School Musical days. My young, I had two younger sisters. They loved the movies. And they'd be like, Austin, will you watch the movie with me? And I'd be like, eh, I guess. I see Vanessa Hudgens come on screen and sing, and it was like, I'm a fan. So anytime they're like, let's watch High School Musical, it's like, bitch, I already beat you. It's already in the VCR. It's on. Or DVD player, excuse me. Now, I'd grown up. I got older. Kind of forgot about Vanessa Hudgens. It's whatever. All of a sudden, I come across her Instagram account, and I'm seeing her all over the place, and this crush is just back on full steam. If, you, if I had to meet Vanessa Hudgens, I would fangirl. I wouldn't be able to speak. I haven't seen her recently. Oh. I'm sure she's still very – you know what? Actually, I think you've showed me her Instagram recently. She is, <laughs> she is killing it at life. Yeah, still very attractive. Yep. She's – She's my my age. She's thirty three years old. Yeah, she's killing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I've done the research. Um, also, uh, Jake is in the chat, and we appreciate it. it. Says I'm dying laughing thinking about Mellow not able to move. Bet your ass if some birds popped off, then I'd be able to move. <laughs> uh, but this also reminds me, I went full Cinderella mode when I woke up. I woke up to birds chirping. Yeah, and I will tell you. It was like the most peaceful wake up I've ever had in my life. Yeah, that is one thing. <laughs> I was I also do probably enjoy. still pretty high. <laughs> I did enjoy that about cave because, like, when you wake up, like, with nature, because yeah. you wake up earlier because uh-huh. nature, like, a little up. bit of sunlight, or yeah, yeah, like the birds are waking up too. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was that part was definitely. Could good. you imagine if you had woke up and the birds would be on the table eating them hot dog buns? Were the Doritos, <laughs> obviously, yeah. right. <laughs> taken to the in. ground with me? I woke up next to an open can of Natty Light that was not finished and a half-eaten bag of Doritos. <laughs> oh, man. That's the sign of a good time. I should have taken a picture. And they were right next to the – like, thankfully, there was a fire pit and not just, like, an open flame. I, the bag was on touching the fire pit. That's how close my dumbass – was to just go in full two-face and burning half my face off. Oh, Um, my God. But it was a good time. I will be more careful next time. My last one is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Last night, I decided to go to Walmart, get a couple groceries and a couple items that I needed. Uh, The great thing about Joplin, Missouri, is every Walmart is located right next to a Sonic. Yep. So I get my groceries, and obviously, I reward myself by going to Sonic. Getting a big ass slush. So I'm on my way home. I'm a big slush guy. <laughs> I've already gotten to the point to where it's like I'm not drinking through the straw anymore. Where you have to do the thing to where like you move the straw around. Or yeah. what I my move is I repack it. Like yep. I'll take the straw out and I'll like bang it on a table. And like that gets everything to settle back at the bottom. Yeah. So 
I also have a truck that sits a little bit higher than most vehicles, like cars that are next to me. I get to the light, and I'm at the point to where I'm going to repack my slush. So I'm repacking my slush next to a small car where I'm just cranking my arm up and down. And then I look next to me, and the guy in the car next to me clearly doesn't see the slush, but he sees the arm cranking and the look of panic and terror on his face because he thought I was cranking one off at the red light. I, and I hope I never run into this man either. Windows were down, music was up, and I'm just going to town on this slush. And he's just looking at me like, what are you doing? Not even like, what are you doing? It was more of a, I can't believe you're doing what I'm seeing. Did had, you raise the Sonic cup up to at least show like, just repack no. the slush, man? No, it was right at that moment when the light turned green. And he like, he sped off. And I'm like rolling my windows up, which probably made it worse because <laughs> yeah. now I'm rolling my windows I got to hide. <laughs> but I was embarrassed. The Web City is not a big town. I'm probably going to run into this guy. Oh, my God. Or the fact that we've started doing local radio again and i had my mic'd up hat on the guy's probably like those weirdos from mic'd up not listening to your show he's on misconnections going if you see a guy in a gray dodge truck with a mic'd up hat i made eye contact with a guy at madison and 171 (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you like pina coladas i'm gonna have to check the newspaper if you like sonic slushes (laughs) oh my god you like jacking off in your truck at a stoplight (laughs) I might be your man. That was so. That was another tell the truth Tuesday that I felt very uncomfortable <laughs> with, and I clearly did not handle the situation correctly because I should have just like raised my drink, like yes. taken a drink of the slush. But instead, I panicked. Light turned green. I didn't know what to do. So those were my tell the truth Tuesdays. A little bit wild, wild, little little rated R uh-huh. for some of them. Um, but I also I have a fourth, but I'll save it for next week. Uh, but that's it for us today. A little bit of a longer show. We appreciate you guys uh, joining us today, wherever you're listening, but especially those that are listening live in the call-in app. We'll be here right here at 10 a.m. Central Time. Every weekday, you can catch Big Country and I on mic Up. We appreciate you guys joining us for today, and we will talk to you tomorrow.